I don't believe in good things like you do. Okay. So speaking of good and bad and the subjective de- nature of that, uh, welcome to the Futile Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about uh, Expendables 2, just straight up Expendables 2, no subtitle, no retribution, no revolution, no uh, resolution, no reintroduction, no um, restitution, no uh, reconciliation. Are there a few others? I said revolution already, right? Uh, All you have to do is look to the Resident Evil series. Exactly. I was trying to think, what's the newest one? Is it Retribution? There's there's Apocalypse, Retribution, Revolution. uh, Extinction. Stuff like that. Yeah, but this is just straight up Expendables 2. So they got more time for, for more if they need to do that. Um, so it starts off pretty quick. Uh, the whole whole gang's ready. Uh, they just roll on in to take. You're care just gonna of- jump right into Expendables two like this. We're not gonna have any niceties. Well, I asked about if you how your summer was going, and you you, no, you asked put you, off. You asked if my summer if my summer was good, which is one of those Ian questions where you're like, "Hey, have a good Thursday. Hey, have a good fifth uh, of July. Hey, uh-huh. have a good." You know, that's one of those Ian things. So I just blew it off accordingly, and then you. Just pop right straight into Expendables too. Uh, I'm a little uh, under the weather right now. I'm a little yeah, under the weather. Yeah, blame someone else. Right, blame the weather. Blame the weather. It's above you. You're under it. Ian, what have you been doing with your time? Um, well, I, I, this week I I worked on a on a on a production on a web series for uh, the last four days. Okay. And then I got sick. So. Right. And uh, hey. I'm uh, kind of adjusting to changing living circumstances, possibly. We'll see. So here's what I've been doing. Okay. I just watched Steel Dawn. Oh, right. Yeah, I would want... I think that's on my Netflix queue. Are you? Have you watched the, the Jared Sin one? Um, what is it what called? Is metal, metal, what metal, metal Storm or whatever? I don't know. I don't even know what that is. I just watched Steel Dawn, though. With Patrick Swayze, right? It's like a post-apocalyptic 80s movie? Mm, Yeah, 85, something like that. Nice. Is it good? You know, it was uh, was better than I thought it would be. uh, I expected uh, somewhere between just awful and miserable. Right. It it wasn't. It was was better than awful or miserable. Uh, It's got got some saving graces in it. It's... uh, Definitely a product of its times. Swayze's pretty decent in it, you know. He's the usual. He's his. He's the stoic guy who squints a lot. Who the the Netflix claims it's a re, uh, a retelling of Shane, but I don't I don't really see that so much. I mean, it's the basic plot of every movie on earth ever made. Right. I'm not sure really uh, sure how that that like Shane was the progenitor of all movies or not. But yeah, uh, it's got. Remember the guy in Tango and Cash. With Chim? Uh, like the bald guy with the blonde ponytail who speaks oh, Bri- in a fake British accent. Brian, Brian James, yeah. He was also in Time Rider. He was running yeah, for president. He, he's, he's, he's in this. He was in and Blade Runner, guy, too. the guy you recognize also. Right. And uh, Arnold Vosloo is like some random henchman. Nice. Uh, is otherwise, it's all completely unknown people. And then Swayze. Okay. And they introduce, they introduce these like 
people that pop out of the sand. Oh, I love it already. When he's like, when he's like meditating. And uh, they don't really, <laughs> don't really go back and explain that ever again. It's, well, it's, 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 it's like a stuff. technique for them ambushing people, though? Or was it like a cultural thing or something? Well, that's just the thing. You, it's like you think it's going to be about these weird sand people that pop up out of the ground. And, like, like they literally come up out of the sand like like they don't breathe air or something. Weird. And uh, But then <laughs> and they're never seen again. And then the rest of them is just about regular people. Huh. Uh, but it's it's got some de- it's got some decent stuff in it, and uh, it it's one of those movies that's it's rated R, but it's literally uh, has less rated R content in it than any PG thirteen movie ever made. You know what huh, I mean? Yeah, right. Like there's there's a tiny bit of violence, a little bit of fake blood here and there, though appreciably, uh, it's like fake blood that's like an actual substance and not CGI. Right. Which always looks Which awful. Always nice. Uh, and then there's there was one gratuitous scene of nudity where they uh, Swayze and uh, the fake British accent guy from Tango Cash pop into this tent, this bad guy's uh, farm, and there's like a couple of hookers that are like changing into different bras for, <laughs> for some reason. And so you just kind of you, you see their hooters for a second. They did that in the eighties. They did that. They just threw in like the obligatory tit scene. Yeah, and that, and that, you would like, call ran, them that. Like, like you could call like, it. Literally, the tit those scene. things right there made it rated R. And, yeah. And uh, and like seriously, it, it it was probably I probably had less objectionable content in it than like the Goonies, which is PG. <laughs> I love it. I'm, but uh, not bad. Not so bad. recommend recommend bad. Steel Dawn on. Uh, we should start this as a segment. Stuff we've watched on Netflix instant that we can recommend to people because people are probably yeah. looking for that. So cool. So I've, you, I've had it on there forever, and I and I'm always like, well, you know, he was in Red Dawn, and right. this one's called Steel Dawn, and so he must have just thought, you know, right. I'll guess I'll be in any movie they ever asked me to make. Well, on your recommendation, and because it was on Netflix, I watched um, from Paris with Love last week. Yeah, I, I know saying. you like that. It just it just it, it, it moves really quick. It's it's, it's really it does, like yeah. it sets stuff up pretty effectively, and then like it's um, it's nonsensical. It, it's nonsensical, but like it all kind of works. Like it's not so com- oh, sure. completely farcically like out there that you know. Yeah, it, but, it, but, but it's, like it's he, like it tra- traces a path. Its conclusion is is yeah, it's ridiculous, but it's still utterly outrageous, and like. It's so like there's just melodramatic. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not even played as melodramatic. But no, like, it's not. Idea, thankfully, the idea that that you know what happens happens in it. Right. Yeah. Like, wouldn't be some earth shattering like thing played up in an Oscar film. Like, and instead, it's just. <laughs> uh, and then at the end, he's like, "Hey, man, what are we doing next week?" That that's that sort of thing. It. Yeah. Like he did just go through a massive emotional upheaval due to what he had to do. I know, right? It was a big that's deal. I know. I, that's what I liked about it. Is I liked that it kind of, it tried, it, it it put all this like sort of like you know like you said it put that sort of what would otherwise in like a drama be like a huge thing <sighs> and just kind of like no it's just gonna be you know backdrop for our yeah. action story. Uh, so I uh, a couple weeks ago I watched this movie called Expendables two. Right. The wrath of. Uh, the wrath of the wrath of, of extinction, gun, the wrath of gunner, the wrath of extinction. Uh, 
And it was, uh, it's all about, uh, do you remember that movie, uh, Expendables 1? Yes. Vaguely. It's about Expendables 1. Yeah, so it was kind of about Expendables 1. And a lot of people were, you know, were like, yeah, Expendables 2 is way better than Expendables 1. I think you even said that. I didn't say way better. I just, I enjoyed it better. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it was. Um, I use sub- uh, superlatives in uh, right. in regular speech, whether That's or not fine. they're deserved. A little hyperbole is fine with an American yes. audience. Yeah, uh, I, I have to uh, I have to disagree a little bit. I actually think Expendables one. Uh, it kind of hung in there as like an actual action movie. And Expendables two was. Uh, an extreme parody of action films. Oh, so I don't okay. think it was intentional. Hmm. The parody is probably in my own, in my own mind. Yeah, okay, and, okay. And that's what makes I it, I, I believe, a miserable failure. Ouch. Uh, but it was a miserable failure that by the end became so ridiculous that I, you know, I, I, didn't, right. I didn't not enjoy myself. I think that that might be where I'm with you in it, and that might be what I was maybe wanting in the first one more of, I guess, because it's like I couldn't take it that seriously. No, I like I like that in the first one. That was one thing that was like, you know, they, they mentioned they mentioned a little bit of self referential stuff in the first one. The second right. one is all self referential stuff constantly. The, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't care for that. Obviously, I, uh, I mean, like it got too much constantly. with the Arnold like, stuff. It, and the, the the CGI was a little over the top. Like it 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 came to the point where like it was just constant digital blood splatter. Yeah, I didn't. I never liked that. That always takes me out of movies. Right. That took me out of Shutter Island. That takes me out of every movie when I see it. I'd almost rather not have that. It's like they think, oh man, we're going hard R with a lot of blood, and it's like you know you're showing like squids exploding somewhere or something. You yeah. know, like show squibs, not squids. I'd rather I don't see, see squids, man. I want to see people's. Right, uh, yeah. I see people's shirts tear open, and then, like... A, I want to say that in that one shot, out. though, that they did do squibs with the with the one guy, the last guy left. The guy that... Yeah, the last guy left. Pieces yeah, yeah. Too. yeah. That, that looked like squibs. They look robocopy. The guy who has to rest in pieces after... He yeah, he shot. had to rest in pieces. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think I just thought there was some of that. There's some good stuff in there. And I actually... Um, I, in the first movie, I found the moments in between the action where they had their dumb conversations. Right. Really, uh, not off-putting, but I found them out of place because it was like they just left the camera rolling when they were busting each other's chops in between takes. Right. But in this, it was like... That was the best part of the movie uh, because it it was a let-up from the relentless CGI... Uh, stuff and, and not not only that, but like they completely disregard any sense of space or time. They did that with, the first the editing, so that like, I mean, they didn't know what where they were going in those mines, and they end up like they, they edit it to look like they're just about to get there when those guys are standing over the miners about to shoot them, and then suddenly they're standing on top of like some equipment to blow away the the executioners. What about editing? Right. Yeah, no, you're right. 
there, there, that, that stuff did get a little spatially confusing in the mind. I, I, I'll give you that. And I'll give you the, the self-referential stuff yeah. was, was kind and of yeah, a, bit was much, a bit of a bit much. I mean, I think what I just preferred about it is that it, it had, it involved more of the characters and it was sort of like a more focused, like, journey of an action story as opposed to in the first one you know you had it was more about like statham and sly you know barney for like the the second act it was a bunch of that um, and and, like they went to the island had a crazy thing happen just the two of them and left and then we're like okay now we're gonna go back and i kind of like it's kind of like a lather rinse repeat thing where it's like i prefer a story where there's you know, something happens and then that causes something else to happen to cause something else to happen as opposed to, oh, they wouldn't do this and now we're going to turn around we're going to go back, but now there's more of us. And in this one, it was like they were all on screen doing something. I mean, it had the hook with, you know, something in Asia, presumably, or something. And then the main storyline started and it just it just kept going. And I thought it had, like, some pretty clever set pieces and elements there. Um, I like the... For the downtime, that they were in like like a like a war torn Eastern Bloc, like fake New York, like that was I thought that was kind of clever. I thought I mean, and I mean I was the only person in the audience, and I went to see it like early on a Saturday morning, like not early early, but like ten o'clock. Right. So there was only like ten of us in there, even though I think it was number one that first week. Yeah. Um, and uh, the scene where when when Terry Crews walks out out and sort of stretches his arms and enjoys his coffee for a minute in the morning like it just made me crack up like i <laughs> i just love that <laughs> that they put that in the movie i mean i know that immediately of course you know action starts and you know that's when the guns show up and yeah. and then chuck norris shows up to save the day um but but yeah i mean i don't know i think i think i just got more of a kick about kick out of it and yeah, and the introduction chuck, of the chuck norris thing was so stupid and yeah, then, it was pretty dumb. And then when he uh, he popped up for the second time in, at the airport at the end, right? Um, and they and they kept cutting back to him. By uh-huh. the like second to last time they showed him, it was it was suddenly so funny because he he had been like like a harmless. I mean, even though he like you know he obviously like blew away like fifteen people in that fake New York place, but of course you don't see him do it. No, and, you don't. and then he's you know casually walking through just blowing people away <laughs> but like the last second to last time they show him before they show him in the helicopter in the end he's just got the, this this such like condescending look of disdain on his face as he just <laughs> completely eviscerates these couple of guys <laughs> standing behind it's like, uh, ticket it's like counter. Delta Force style I and, remember uh, Delta Force Chuck and, I, just, and I, I started like cracking up at that point like I was like yeah. this is just <laughs> Utterly ridiculous, and I did yeah. really like when Van Dam. Van Dam was good, and he. Uh, uh, I think he relished playing a bad guy. I think he enjoyed it. And yeah, he, uh, the one I loved when he pointed at his neck tattoo, and informed them that the goat was the pet of Satan. <laughs> yes. That was pretty great. <laughs> He's the pet of Satan. <laughs> There was just, there was, I thought there was just, for what it was, and I didn't expect much, I hoped that it would be as fun as the first one, and it ended up being, in my opinion, it ended up being more fun, just because it, you know, like, it, it, it just, all the guys were there doing something on their mission, and even, like, like, the set piece of, like, them opening that safe, and, like, it about to blow up, and, like, the, the spring-loaded action where there's, like, three of them holding it open while she tries, I mean, even that was, like, like, 
kind of exciting for a minute and kind of something different, even if it's not different. I'm sure shit like that's been done before, but like it always, it always kind of had something happening. And they did, I mean, you might roll your eyes at this, but they did kind of infuse a little bit of character into the new kid in, in kind of a way that, 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 well, that they, I think... They had to, made, made they it weren't willing it to kill off an actual character. Right, and right, easy, yeah. But, and but the easy way they could have done that was, they have Jet Li in the opening, and right, they, he doesn't want to be him. in the movie anymore, obviously. So they uh-huh. send him on his way in a non-death way, which is a real sucker cop-out. They could have used that for more emotional resonance than some new kid they introduced. I don't know. I think that they made the kid seem like he was going to leave. And he, yeah, of course. Of they, course. They, he, they gave him some some quick character stuff that made him sympathetic, such that when he died, you could tell like that Barney felt like 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 okay, like now Van Damme's got to go. Like they did, they they set for me. That's what they needed to do, and that's what they did, and they accomplished it. And then they had fun set pieces and action, and everybody was involved. And I was a little disappointed that Gunner's uh, phosphorus didn't bomb didn't work out. Like that seemed to me seemed kind of cheap, but then the Total Recall reference was uh, was okay. Yeah. I was okay Total with that. Right. I sort of hoped that Betty would be the one in the, piloting the drill, and Arnold would just be like riding side saddle. But like you know, it is what it is. Right. Uh, the I think Betty's still alive. Got a little ridiculous because they were just that. That was so self referential. Yeah, was it was. Like, it was. He was just saying stuff from his real life. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that, that's seriously what actually happened to Dolph Lundgren, like his entire life. All that stuff, like he's a brilliant Rhodes Scholar scientist. Yeah, yeah. Who became a bouncer because of some chick and turned into an action star. And I still don't. I, did, I as I was watching the movie, I was trying to remember the first one, and I was trying to remember if there was any reason why they should have just kind of forgiven him for trying to murder all of them. There wasn't, really. And that was what was great about the end of the first one, is that he's just sort of back, and it's like, ah, you know, like everybody gets one or something, you know? Knucklehead. Yeah, you... Tried to kill us, but whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they could have at least killed off Mickey Rourke or something. He wasn't even in it. No, he wasn't. But I think they're thinking they want him back for the third one. Him and Clint Eastwood... Maybe James Garner. <laughs> I love to see Rockford. All those guys are in like wheelchairs. And stuff. I know that'd be fine. They'd make it work. They'd put him in wheelchairs and have him like you know go talk to him. Maybe Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones was never an action hero. Why not? Who cares? You got to put everybody in. Well, they got Cal Renegade in there. <laughs> Lorenzo Lamas. Yeah. That would be good. Uh, Sam O'Hung. Okay. Uh, and maybe... Don Johnson? Uh, oh, Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo's good? Yeah, there was no but, Kevin Sorbo. Uh, in it. What, about, what about that one guy from the new Conan? And, Everyone uh, likes him. And the Barbarian Brothers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be good. Uh, Jose and Ozzy. <laughs> the, two, the two twins from Double Trouble. Yeah, that's the Barbarian Brothers. Oh, that's what they were called? I thought they were different brothers. Oh, are they? I don't know. I I don't know. They're all meathead twins, as far as I know. (laughs) And then eventually, maybe they can coax Kurt Kurt Russell to come back for just five minutes. Yeah, just five minutes. And they could do some other stupid thing where they whistle the team to some other movie while it appears also. That would be good. He could just be driving a truck. That's all they'd have to do. He just drives a so truck and would, like, truck kill somebody. So you're just, you're just talking about a cameo situation. Basically, a cameo of Kurt Russell as as Jack Burton would would do. Like that would get it. That would get it two stars alone for me. And I'll say that. <sighs> anyway, I think 
I forget what I gave the first one. I think I gave it a three. I'm going to give this one a two. You're going to give it a two out of five? Yeah. Ouch. So you liked it markedly less than the first one? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I didn't give the first one any higher than a three, so it's just a whole point lower, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to give it... Uh, I have to give it more than I gave the first one, because I liked it more than the first one. Well, and just I, give it a five. Give it a five out of five and just stick with it. I don't it. think it's a five out of five, no. I think it's... It was I don't better know. than Heat. Tell people it was better than Heat and see what they say. No, it wasn't better than Heat. None of the characters from Heat were in it. None of the actors from Heat were in it. They didn't get Pacino and De Niro in the next one. Neither of them were attraction heroes ever. You, you know... Oh, come on. Anybody that's fired... Any dude that's fired a gun in in a, in a big movie... Is an action hero, Tommy Lee Jones. I don't care. Who's the guy who hero. played in the American Ninja movies? They should get him. Oh, that guy, right? I forget his name. He's got a great name. I think he's got a three name name. Yeah. Hey, remember when you were wrong about the graboids being able to fly? Hey, I can't. I can't be. I can't be a hundred percent right about a hundred percent of everything. Well, you could at least be like one percent right about one percent. Well, what do you mean? Uh, the graboids. The graboids. The graboids propelled themselves with energy from their butts With, or whatever. Uh, because they're ass blasters. Ass blasters, yes. And then... It's yes, kind of so like flying. They, they kind of fly, fly through the sky. It's not really flying. Okay, fine. So I was wrong about that yeah. on some level. Absolutely. Uh, I, I really do recommend Steel Dawn. You're going to be bored as hell, by the way, because there's some slow moments. Oh, man. And they do, the, uh, they do the, the cutaway, fadeaway sex scene deal. I'm not even tired, and I fell asleep like oh three God. times. At the very end, this massive uh, climactic uh, fight scene at the end, I fell asleep like twice during. I had, oh, to, no. I had to keep waking up and rewinding it to see if I had missed anything. And it turns out I hadn't. That's too bad. Oh, and the bad the bad guy, one of the bad guys. There's, multiple, there's tons of bad guys. One of the bad guys is this assassin, and he looks like Eddie Izzard with like a Tina Turner wig. That's, I love, like like an eighties teen to turn away. Yeah, uh, he's pretty good. But and he speaks with this ridiculous British accent. Everyone else is just like, "Hey, what are you doing in my valley?" And this guy's like, "I was waiting for you to come so I could fight you." <laughs> I love it. And uh, oh my god! And the the love interest just looks. It's this chick, obviously, but she looks just like D. Snyder. <laughs> oh god! Like in every way, she just looks like D. Snyder. She's the twisted sister, huh? Yeah. Oh, no. But Swayze had a, a pretty rockin' uh, head of lettuce going. <laughs> Is that what they call it? Yeah. He did yeah. till the end, though. I've been watching some episodes of The Beast. It's not. It's, it's a pretty uh, good show. That, that was his cancer days. This is pre-cancer. I, I can watch pre-cancer Swayze. Okay, right. Cancer Swayze. And you can't even watch Breaking Bad because it was a, vaguely about cancer for, like, exactly. two episodes. Yeah. Even though, like, it's kind of become objectively the best television show ever made or something weird like that's that. That's what they say, but that's what they said about other shows before that, you know? So, I know. Well, there's do, there's what do you want to watch every one. best ever show? Like, Wings? You want to watch that first? Well, you probably already did, though, right? You yeah, watched I Wings. watched Wings, yeah. That it wasn't the best ever. No, it wasn't that great. Hey, so uh, you liked the uh, uh, Tim and Eric movie. Let's talk about that. Yeah, here's, what, here's why I liked it. Because... Um, and I've always told you this, like, for me, I had to say, like, 40% of Tim and Eric I thought was hilarious. Uh-huh. And that pretty much made it a good, funny show for me. Um, I think I preferred it to Tom Goes to the Mayor, because I think with Tom Goes to the Mayor, like, the just the lo-fi, non-animation, animation quality of it got a little tedious in places. 
Um, but when they actually did like their own live action show, they were able to kind of they could they could go with threads and like play those jokes out or do callbacks in ways that I think were better. Right, and th- that's the stuff that they seem to be applying to like the structure of of this movie more more so than just like their ridiculous. We don't know how to end this non sequitur stuff. Where we'll just do like video effects and you know have it go on till it's the point of extreme annoyance and then end. Like it had a structure, it had a storyline, and um. In that sense, it was watchable as a movie. Like you could see, like oh, they had a goal. It had Robert Loja and the bad guy from Biodome in it. Well, right, it had Robert Loja and it had uh, William Atherton. Yeah, yeah the, bi- right. the bad guy from Real Real Genius. <laughs> and then neither of them seemed like they knew what was going on. Atherton, in particular, the, the, seemed shell shocked by the whole ordeal. He kind of always does when he plays those villain roles. He's always kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm too good for. These crazy Will, scenarios. Will like, that's the villain. It. Riley plays. gets it. I mean, the guys, the right, guys right, who yeah. have worked with them before, they get it and they played it up, up right. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I think they, I, they kept the them. Thing, on I mean, I laughed at parts here and there, uh, but overall, I thought it was. I thought they were trying so hard for it not to be funny, for it then to be funny, that I didn't find it funny just because I. I just I don't know, maybe I just knew what to expect too much, but I really just, maybe. I really did appreciate. Uh, how any sort of uh, character stuff that they had built up by the end, they just threw away, like when they hurled the kid into the gunfire. Uh, yeah, right. And uh, and I like that they uh, dispatched uh, Will Forte by stabbing him to death. Yeah, yeah, he was um, good. There, there was a few things in there. I don't know, but the Ray Wise stuff was kind of icky. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah they always got to have. They always have to do something like that, and, and that's the Tim and Eric staple. That's stuff where like I usually don't care for it because it's like either it's like you could take the political slant, like it's like oh, it's a disgusting, you know, like installation art criticism on American consumption and you know all that, or it's just like oh, it's gross out humor, and neither one of those is appealing to me. So. Um, so yeah, so but they kept that. I would say they kept that pretty to a minimum. They were pretty well focused in just like doing their absurd humor stuff. You know, like uh, it was uh, it was it was Chef Goldblum, and <laughs> that sort of stuff is funny for a second or two. And they didn't outstay their welcome with that. And uh, Top Gun on VHS is pretty cool. I appreciate what it was. I just uh, I don't I don't think I was even expecting that much. And I watched it, and I was like, uh, and I felt like I I of all people get their humor right and i i think i was just so mortified for them when i was watching i was like no one no one is going to like this or you mean like the tim and eric fans aren't going to like it i, I don't know what well, the, i, what I the mean fans. i know that there's but here's the thing there's tim and eric apologists right an apologist means that they'll defend something that isn't even good okay. and so i know that there's probably a lot of that going on and i've seen tons of positive feedback already and i've heard i'd heard positive feedback already um, and not that someone like Roger Ebert is a really good indicator of whether or not something's good because he doesn't he doesn't get modern comedy at all in the least. But his uh, he gave a very bewildered review of it, where right. he gave zero stars, and then defended himself saying that if the the rabid Tim and Eric fans should actually appreciate the zero stars because it meant that he really didn't know what to make of it in the least because he figured that that. There has to be some people that think this stuff is funny, but he didn't. He just didn't understand. Right. Yeah. By, did, by, by, by not know, bothering to give it a star at all, he like sort of said, took himself out of the mix. Like, 
like the only thing he found funny in it was that stuff about the uh, um, <laughs> the Johnny Depp impersonator in the beginning. Right. He, and he said something positive about the fact that that guy really did look like Johnny Depp, but he just didn't know what else to say. He was like, I don't. He's like, I don't get that this stuff is supposed to be humor. And I don't know what to make of it, and it like confuses and bewilders me. And I apologize to anyone who this offends, but I I just I truly don't understand what this is supposed to be. I don't know, man. I don't I, I don't think it I didn't think it was that far out, honestly. Like 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 I said, it had structure, which like with them doesn't have to be the case. And and like you know, I don't know. It played on all these things, like the guy with the toilet paper thing and his son, and then like, no, you're my son now. And stuff. Like, this is, <laughs> like it was, it was just like having fun with tropes about like, we're gonna fix this mall and everything else. Like, I don't know. It seemed to be like a pretty obvious kind of like parody on like an '80s comedy on some level. The stuff about watching Top Gun multiple times in a row was pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was good. Rest in peace, uh, Tony Scott. By the way. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. I don't, I don't know, know what to make of that. that. He just decided he was done, man. He probably went back and watched Top Gun, and then he was like, oh. It's <laughs> never going to be this good. I'm out of here. And then he went and jumped over a... Yeah, that was it. I think there's got to be something more going on. Well, ABC he... at first reported that he had a brain tumor, a brain cancer. Right, yeah. His family I heard that that, that, that was so junk. Nobody yeah. knows what to believe, so... Yeah, because yeah. I mean, like... To be a successful like movie director, I could see how someone could have been a successful movie director and not done something for a while, and then stuff been suffering from depression. But like this guy who's been making stuff consistently, not that it's all been good. Movies, yeah, right, exactly. Which means that I mean, like if you're depressed, you're not going to get up at five a.m. and bust your ass like you have to do if you're a director on a movie. It just doesn't make any sense. None of it gels. Like it has got to be another level. His output and success is like. 10 or 11 or 12 times what Frank Darabont's is. Frank Darabont hasn't killed himself yet. Right. I mean, but, but obviously you can't you can't assess things that way. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of factors, but I'm just saying there's got to be some there's some weird third thing there that who knows. And I I, I doubt I even care about it, but I I'd say I, I, I liked a good portion of his movies. Even the guy that could could make something kind of crappy, but yeah, it was always he, better if he, he really kind of went over the top with the visual style stuff. And he kind of uh, he was one of the earliest uh, members of the Bruckheimer Don Simpson crew. Right. And uh, I I really think he he's the one who really brought that awful filter craze into being. And and I think it started as early as Beverly Hills Cop too, because that had a very it's possible. A very filtered look. In some places, like in the beginning stuff and the jogging stuff, with, yeah. uh, w- w- when uh, and he he kind of brought Fox. in the whole. I mean, M- Michael Bay probably has everything to, you know. Uh, people blame him for John. Michael Bay learned it all from Tony Scott, probably from watching him. Mean, I mean, it, it has to do with the drug producer. I mean, this. I mean, Bruckheimer is really to blame for all that stuff. But Tony Scott, aside from that, like chose pretty good big blockbuster stories to. Right, yeah, I would say his, his material was always, always watchable. I mentioned you know this stuff recently to you guys, but like I, I really do appreciate like Crimson Tide, and there's there's just there's a bunch really that are like just really decent action films, and of course he did. You know, everyone always points to True Romance, of course, which is good. Yeah, um, there's there's a lot of pretty decent stuff in there, but but I mean, 
probably I'd say even Unstoppable, which is recent, was really good. It's like, you know, middle of the road Denzel Washington stuff. Basically. Right, yeah. How many but movies? Did one, two, three. I mean, he did. He did at least like six movies in Denzel Washington. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, anyway, they had a good team uh, up. Are you psyched about the new David Ayer? David Ayer? Yeah, your buddy Ayer. I don't even know that. A Y E R, your buddy E R. I'm forgetting that. A Y. I remember, but I don't remember what he does. I'm sorry. He uh, writes all those L.A. cop movies, and then he now. Oh right. Yes, he writes. Them. He wrote Street Kings, and did he direct that one too? Yeah, he did Street Kings, and I think he wrote uh, Training Day. And he did like uh, Dark Blue and stuff, right? Blue, like, yeah. Blue. And he uh, he so this new one's coming out with uh, Hall and Michael Pena. Okay. And it's about two cops, and he did Harsh Times also. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, two cops and it's like the first half of it is like fake documentary like uh, somebody from a cop show is following them uh-huh. and uh, all that and then it turns into like they make a, a routine traffic stop that turns into like a, uh, a Mexican cartel trying to kill them and then it turns into like a, a like a slam bang action film oh man that might be good that might be fun did you see the trailer for the new Arnold movie for which one? Oh yeah oh hell yeah the Arnold movie I saw that one and the Stallone movie all, the 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 trailers before uh, Expendables two in the theater, there was like seven trailers for old old people action films. All that, yeah, it's all um, like the Legend Pictures or whatever the hell it is. Legendary, I don't know what it is. It's the, the company that put out Expendables. Yeah, but they might be okay. The Stallone one looks pretty bad. The Stallone one looks not quite as bad, but it's Stallone's in it, which makes it which brings it down. Eh. It kind of looks like Get Carter again or something. Stallone and the guy from uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> and everything he says in the whole trailer is completely unintelligible. Like, <laughs> Stallone's totally lost it, dude. Like, he... They kept joking about him being a fossil and stuff in that movie. But he, he really literally is. Like, he shouldn't... He should be in some sort of assisted living center. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, every once in a while, he says a line with enough conviction that you can actually hear what he says, and the rest of the time he goes, and it's just like a mumbled kind of stuttering, you know, yeah. not like a bunch of goo that comes out of his mouth. And his and his eye, like his eyes and his face are just saggy. And whoever, whoever in the production design team decided that he should have just a pencil thin mustache <laughs> only <laughs> like that's John Waters gig you know yeah <laughs> he does look kind of ridiculous <laughs> he looks terrible in the first line I think he at least had like a full goatee or some something else to take to uh, to counterbalance the pencil thin mustache but if you were like a 75 year old man named Barney you know who frequented nightclubs uh, when you weren't out just uh, heartlessly slaughtering thousands of people per day, or like zip, zip lines, hunters. you know, I don't think you would choose to do a pencil thin mustache. No, I think that Maybe would be not a choice. It was forced upon you by an alopecia of sorts. 
<laughs> Maybe he's not able to grow hair on the upper uh, four fifths of his lip. <laughs> it's possible. But you know what's funny is like you know you got that many characters, and the first one they did a decent job of addressing every single character and something they wanted, right? A little bit. I don't know. No, I don't know. No. They did. I, I mean, uh, they did. They at least. They all just kind of went along for the they ride. Had, uh, they had the stuff with uh, what's his butt, the uh, UFC guy. What? What did they have for him? He didn't have anything. Oh yeah, he he, he was really upset about his ear all the time. And then in the second one, they mentioned it again because they they didn't have anything else going on. Right. Yeah. And uh, they were all on board in the, the second one. They were all Terry on board Bruce in the second. Really one. wanted to. Uh, uses special weapons and they kind of busted his balls about it and at the end he got to yeah and, uh, Lundgren of course you know wanted down who knows what he wanted but he, he but he got it and then he got beat up for the for the whole thing and then he came back fine and Jet Li wanted more money and I think he got it and Statham had you know a bigger arc and then of course you know the, the major arc is uh, that of Barney's where he you know has the whole thing with the chick and whether or not he should go back and then he does and they're doing something for no money they're just doing something for good and then in the second in the second one though Statham's girlfriend is mentioned but he doesn't have an arc Lundgren they almost set it up like he will but he doesn't have an arc he doesn't have any redeeming love with the Asian chick cause she's into Italian remember she doesn't like Swedish food yeah I know uh and the and then you know you got Couture who's just there again, Cruz is just there again. At one point, I mean that the, the only thing he's used for is when he uh, he holds open the door with Barney and then he tells the guy on the way out that he got a good pump out of the situation. Yeah, like they're they're just completely and utterly wasted. So why not kill off the characters? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't disagree with you there. I feel like they could have ratcheted up the intensity. They, they, they killed how many people, would you say? Like, realistically, how in many people movie? do you think they killed? Total. Uh, like 300? I'm going to say somewhere between four and 500. Okay. Four, between four and 500 people. And, and the only time any of them get shot is when a couple of bullets hit Barney's bulletproof vest. Which, jacket, which is yeah. tiny on top of his massive saggy body and then Statham's like you get hit and he says of course I always get hit what do you mean you always get hit you've never been hit that's it yeah everyone else yeah, I do agree there is a sense of like uh, and that was the problem in the first one is like the, who, there was tra- no real who trains bad guys henchmen sense of them. yeah I don't know Maybe that'll be the third one. They'll have some. They'll bring in some major bad guy. Who'd be the major bad guy to bring in for the third one? Um, I like Donald Sutherland. You, I mean, you're bringing up older and older people. So, Metal Storm, or what were you saying? What was it? It was a Steel Dawn. <laughs> yeah, Steel Dawn. Steel Dawn. Tim and Eric, and uh, so Steel Dawn. Uh, from Russia with Love, or from Paris with Love, are all three Netflix instant recommendations yes. for us. Steel Dawn was a very for... decent two and a half out of five. Oh, okay. Uh, from Paris with Love was uh, uh, a three out of five. 
I agree. Three. Expendables two. I'm going to give a two out of five, and I think I would give Tim and Eric a. Uh, I think I also gave that a two out of five, and that was because. Um, I, I don't even want to explain it anymore. I think I've talked too much about it already. 